This is your moment. Your moment to move forward and make progress. It's time to see where an education can take you. For over 130 years, Strayer University has been at the forefront of change, offering programs that help students like you get ahead and stay ahead, so you can keep striving. Visit Strayer.edu to learn more. Strayer University is certified to operate in Virginia by CHEF. out there welcome to this week's episode of zach on film boy do we have a short weird one for you today uh, schedules got mixed up this week on getting to watch mad max on thursday evening so we can get that show out to you uh, on the normal friday release date because uh, sometimes my job requires me to work late on thursday specifically two times out of the month and that one of those times of that month landed on this week. So we kind of scratched our head and didn't know what to do. And pretty much we were recording, you know, the Major Spoilers podcast, the top five on Tuesday. And I started talking about Fifty Shades of Grey. And we just pretty much recorded and talked for about 20 minutes as a placeholder because we knew we were going to get a show out otherwise this week. So we talked. I will, I'll touch on that later after you listen to this conversation about the upcoming schedule for uh, our shows but this is still a fun conversation i talk about my disappointment in 50 shades of gray and where i thought it went wrong and uh you know how i thought it could be better after i watched it this last week and then we talked about a lot about uh documentaries actually we talked about uh, steven talked about what he'd been watching and some of the stuff i touched on and matthew had a suggestion as well okay and we, we talk about it in this show we talk about we really need to do an episode just on documentaries because it's something we enjoy as a whole i think everyone uh, we were on the show enjoys documentaries we just never really talked about them because we always focused on the narrative film style uh even though we you know documentaries are out there and they're awarded uh, awards just along with the big people at the oscars and film festivals all over the world uh and they're one of i really enjoy documentaries i watch them all the time so uh i guess we'll get your thoughts on that it's certainly something we want to do i don't know what's going to happen uh, but look for that in the future. So here's this week's episode of Zach on Film, and I'll be back uh, a little bit after that to talk about, I think, what we nailed down for our uh, coming schedule. So, uh, Zach, I hear you watched Fifty Shades of Grey. Yeah, I just watched it last night, and... Here's the thing. There's some good things about it, and there's some bad. There's a lot of bad things about it. I think it deserves its low rating. It has, and right now, I just kind of got skewered with reviews. The thing is, I finished watching it, and I said, you know, this is kind of like a Michael Bay movie. It's like, I should have known what I was going to get before <laughs> I went in. You should have known better, Zach. And, but here's the thing. is like, this was a movie... Catering to an audience that read a book that excited them in some manner, right? And sure. it does nail that. And I do, we did watch the unrated version, which I found out it's only like three minutes of extra footage or something. Mm-hmm. And it kind of had a worse ending. Um, and it does, does uh, deliver on the sex, right? Yeah. And, it, and by delivered on sex, it's like, here's some sex. 
Sure. And it's like, it's kinky because there's this whip thing and there's rope. And that's, I mean, that's cool. If you like that, and that's fine. But it's like, this is, there it is. Like, it didn't do anything besides show people have sex. I mean, that is, uh, you know, hot and steamy in some, in some <laughs> aspects. But it's like, they didn't do anything that made it more steamy. Sure. The ending, uh, spoilers, it, it kind of ends because, you know, he has this, uh, you know, it's a dominant submissive relationship and he wants mm. to punish her and they haven't really agreed on doing this. She's like, she's like, well, just do it. So he takes a belt and like hits her over, over her rear end like six times. And she's crying. She's upset at the very end of it. And she leaves and walks out. Cause it's like, why does this, she doesn't understand where he's coming from, what's like this is the thing we're doing, mm-hmm. and I understand that that's the tension of the relationship. But it's like it was the most flat, boring thing I, in any of it I'd ever seen. It was just so slow. You'd be like, "Hey, Rodrigo, what do you want to do today?" Now pause. Don't answer for thirty seconds. <laughs> now please respond, and then I'm gonna wait another fifteen seconds before I respond. I'm gonna go hang out at the graveyard. Has that show come out yet? I don't know. <laughs> um, oh, the top five where I talk about hanging oh, out in graveyards. No, it does not. Okay. It was just... Not for months. Well, I mean, it's from now. We were talking about it today. I said, if you wanted to plot out the rise and fall of this movie, it looks like someone just died, but they had like one heartbeat, mm-hmm. and then they just kept on dying because it was just flat across the board. You know, there are like there is an art to a good sex scene. There are movies that promise a lot of titillation, mm-hmm. like Fifty Shades of Grey, and then, you know, when when all you do is put naked people on screen in a movie, that's actually not as exciting. When you do it in pornography, then that's exciting enough because that's what people are going in yeah, to yeah, see. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. But when you do it in a movie, you kind of have to carry through the themes of the mm-hmm. movie. You mm-hmm. have to make it stylistically interesting in some way and if you just show it then that doesn't do anything for you oh man Mm -hmm. i saw this scene the other day and it was like okay well i'll watch these two people getting it on right Mm -hmm. but i was totally taken out of it because the lighting was probably the best lighting i have ever seen nice (laughs) i mean it was i was like oh Look at the light where it's coming from over there and look at the color that they're using and look how the color complements the color of the skin. Look at how the light hits here. And I w- and then on top of that, the photography was really good. It wasn't yeah. like hacky, gonzo stuff. I was just like, first time I ever tried to find out who was the, the <laughs> DOP right. of one of those scenes. And I was like, whoa, I, this was really, really, really well done. I was just by, surprised. By the way... I'm not even gonna say. <laughs> no, go ahead. Um, go ahead. I was gonna say not the not the not necessarily what you want to do is type into yeah, a exactly. into a search engine sex scene DP. Not gonna get not gonna get what you thought you were gonna get. But absolutely, I think um, since I probably haven't talked about uh, an American Werewolf in London in the last mm-hmm. three seconds, I think that has that movie has an excellent sex scene. Yeah, Starts yeah. in the shower, mm-hmm. moves to mm-hmm. the bedroom. Mm-hmm. Like they do, it's it's great. You don't necessarily expect it. Um, but it's it's there and it's quick and it shows you exactly what you want to yeah, yeah, yeah. see. Yeah, and Ooh. then it's over. Mm-hmm. Yep. You know. Um, there are some that are interesting but weird. I don't know if you guys have seen Sea of Love. That that one has like a mm-hmm. very intense sex scene, but Ooh. 
some of the blocking is super weird. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. I, and it is just kind of these two people going at it, which is cool. It's like these two people have sex like this. Mm-hmm. It's kind of weird, but it's fine and it's interesting. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And, so, so what's your bottom line then on this? Um, 50 see, there's so sack? there's so much that was wrong with this movie, and I will put legitimately. of the blame on Universal for giving E.L. James just any decision she wanted to make. She could. She's on the second movie, or husband's right in the next movie. She could do anything. And it is clear from reading stories on set to watching this film is like, she ruined this movie. Because I know the climactic ending, she was supposed to say there, she's leaving his apartment after he punished her and he's chasing her and the directors, I can't remember her name idea was she was going to say their ultimate safe word to get him to stop. And he's like, I'm out of here. She said, no, you can't, you can't do that. She just has to say no. She just gets like, and you just feel it's like, Oh, it's yeah, there. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And they, cause it's like, they, they say, specifically, yeah, they build these up to are it, right? your two safe words, yellow and red. He makes him repeat her one time before they actually start doing stuff. What are your safe words? Yellow and red. Never. He's like, okay. That, well, you establish that for absolutely no reason. And here's the other problem. Why she is 100% to blame with this movie is because they used the lines from her book as the dialogue. And they are horrible. There is a moody scene. She's trying to understand why he likes his sex this way, his relationships this way. She doesn't understand. She's never been ex- exposed to this. She's trying to explain. <laughs> and they're in Washington, so everything's already, you know, cloudy and moody the whole time. He just, they're having this fight, and he just goes over and puts his hands on <laughs> on uh, on his mantle, and he looks out, in the, on, out, out of his huge glass window in his penthouse. He goes, I'm just 50 shades of fucked up. <laughs> He's just like, what? Jeez. <laughs> you didn't even use the whole title of your movie. Yeah. Actually, that it was, was just, going to be the title of the movie. It was just it probably be. Uh, plus it, it doesn't it doesn't make no, sense. Doesn't That's make, not something people say. <laughs> it's not a saying. People say the saying "shades of gray." Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So, and his last name is Gray. Mm-hmm. By the way, you guys see my Tumblr post about this, where like the translation oh, of yeah, it yeah, yeah, yeah. sounds yeah. like fif- like when they translate it into Spanish because they clearly didn't read the book and and figure it out. The translation into Spanish is like Fifty Shadows of Smith, like mm-hmm. just because oh. Gray's not. <laughs> yeah, it's not the same yeah, word, but that, they kept but the name because it's a last name. Oh, that's name. funny. Yeah, that's funny. So uh, there's a there's a scene where they go to Georgia, right? Uh, you've been down in the South before. It's hot I, and sunny. I lived they, there for many they, years. They make mention of how hot it is. There's one, uh, how hot and steamy it is down there in the summer. And she goes down there to visit her mom. Uh, old old Mister Gray shows up. And they go. They're gonna go take a flight on this glider plane. That's cool. With the rich, rich, cool guy thing to do. Sure. Guess what? It looks like they're back in Seattle because they just take a blue wash and just wash everything over in blue. But they're talking about how hot it is in Georgia. I'm like this yeah. is just, this is just this is just bad. Blue, blue is so, hot. So something you might enjoy, Zach. Here's a movie that I watched just the other night and got a big kick out of it. Just just brand new released on the iTunes. It's called What We Do in the Shadows. Oh, yeah. And it is a vampire documentary, and mm-hmm. it's a comedy. Mm-hmm. And it stars uh, Jermaine uh, Clement that you guys may know from Flight of the Concords. Oh, yeah. uh, so he plays one of the main vampires. But the vampires in this story range from 8,000 years old to someone that just got turned a couple of weeks ago, and he's kind of a 
douche. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> the vampires all live together and room together, and they're trying to figure out how do we how do we cope with our lives when this guy is kind of screwing up our our action our vampireness. And some of them are totally. You know, they're obviously totally out of touch with what's going on in society, even though they do go out at night and try to party, but they have no idea what technology is. And when mm-hmm. technology is introduced, they're like, whoa, this is the Internet. And they can, you know, they can watch a sunrise instead of, uh, you know, actually being exposed to the sunlight. Sure. And, of course, there are some zombies in there and there's werewolves in there and it all takes place in New Zealand. Uh, but I just I kind of got a, a tickle out of watching this thing because it's not like you're t- it's not. um it's not the other vampire movie that I keep telling people to watch, uh, uh, Afflicted, Afflicted, which is a great found footage movie. Uh, but it is a it is a very funny take on on vampires, and it's so well done uh, that I would recommend you guys go see What We Do in the Shadows. Yeah, and I think uh, Ashley Victoria Robinson did a review of it on our website. Uh, she, she may have, yeah, 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 yeah. That's right, she did, she did, and it's it's very good. I enjoyed mm-hmm. it very much. And then there are some documentaries that I have in my queue that I'm very much looking forward to to watching. I almost watched Misery Loves Comedy today. This is where a lot of co- comedians sit down and talk about what it's like to be on the road and you know why sometimes their lives are so depressing. Uh, and so I'm looking forward to that. I'm also looking forward to this other one that I stumbled across called Genius on Hold. It's a documentary about Walter L. Shaw, who was the inventor of uh, touchstone dialing, the speakerphone, voice recognition. He did all of this in like the 1940s or before. Um, But like evil corporations do, he didn't get any of the patent monies from this. And so he went to go work for the mob. Nice. (laughs) There's a joke in there. I I don't know, but it's like I can't wait to see this documentary. And the other one that I'm really looking forward to is winning uh, the racing life of Paul Newman that takes a look at not Paul Newman, the actor, not Paul Newman, the philanthropist, but Paul Newman, the race car driver. So basically from age 50 to 75, it looks at his life as mm-hmm. a race car driver. In, and he's, there's some great interviews in here. I mean, Robert Redford makes a rare appearance to do an interview for this. Uh, Jay Leno is in there. Tom Cruise makes a quick appearance. Um, and then, of course, all these racing legends pop up to talk about why was why was Paul Newman so driven to be a uh-huh. pun intended. Why was he so driven to be a race car driver when he was on top of the world with his acting? Why would he put his his uh, acting career uh, in jeopardy with one accident that could kill him on the racetrack? And why he, you know, one of the most fascinating parts about this from just listening to people talk about it is that he would put acting on hold. They're like, well, we need to shoot this movie in such and such a time period. He's like, no, can't do it because I've got to go race. And if you want me, then you'll have to wait until this racing circuit is done, mm-hmm. and then I'll come be in your movie. Mm-hmm. So I cannot wait cool. to see this. It's uh, about an hour and 20 minutes. Patrick Dempsey did that same Patrick, thing. Patrick Dempsey, uh, That's I think they're saying that's one of the reasons why he's walked off of uh, Grey's Anatomy. Grey's Anatomy. And he's he had a- that on the fact that ABC was paying him $11 million a year. Yes, and so he's actually interviewed in this, in this movie, too. Have you, guys, have you guys watched I Know That Voice? Uh, no, but yes, I think that, I is, that is the uh, the voiceover. Yeah, the movie. the yeah. voice actor documentary, yeah. and it has like everybody. It mm-hmm. has uh, you know Bender, mm-hmm. Judy Jetson, mm-hmm. Twilight Sparkle, like all of those guys are in it. Yeah. Weirdly, halfway through, it devolves into explaining why it's okay that a uh, John DiMaggio voices a black guy. 
And then, like, later on, I realized that I, th- I think it's produced by John DiMaggio. So he just, like, threw it in there he's so he can of, do he's one, his, of the, like... he's one of the people that I think is heavily involved in it. Yeah. 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 But other than that, it's actually great because, if nothing else, a lot of these guys do the voices on camera. No, that's fun. So you get to see the person who does this weird voice, like the guy who does Porky Pig nowadays, right? Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's just, like, it's weird to hear him talk like a normal person and then do the Porky voice. And, you know, the same thing goes for everybody. Yeah. Another documentary that I just finished watching is called Art and Craft, and it is about this guy who, uh, Mark Landis, who makes these reproductions that are, look very authentic of famous paintings. He's he Basically, you say he's a forger, but he doesn't go and try to sell the paintings. He actually gifts them to museums and to uh, cool. universities and stuff, and it doesn't come out right, outright and say that he gets joy and pleasure from duping these people that are supposed to be really smart, but it's very much implied that that's what he enjoys the most is mm. fooling people into thinking that they have something uh, very expensive and then they put it on display as this thing. So uh, then on the flip side, there's this guy at a, who used to work at a university's uh, museum or an art gallery who got fired shortly after they accepted one of these uh, paintings and he started to expose what was going on. And his mission is he's trying to follow Landis around and figure out what his story is. Mm-hmm. And it's it's really it's it's very weird because it it looks at the psychology of both people. One of them who why is he driven to bring Landis down, and the other one who actually has been diagnosed with some some mental problems. Uh, Landis has been, uh, but it's um, it's very very good just looking at this. At this idea of, well, is he breaking the law? Mm-hmm. Is he not breaking the law? Those kinds right. of things. So it's art and craft. It came out in 2014. Interesting. We're going to have to yeah. talk about uh, documentaries. On, like, take a show oh, and I talk about it. Because it's not something we've ever really, we have never watched one yeah. on the main run of the show. We haven't really touched on him now. But really, if I just have a, you know, a spare chunk of time, I'm, I scroll through more documentaries to see what new has popped up in that. Then, more feature film stuff because I just there's just an art to a to mm-hmm. making a doc that you don't see in a feature film and it's really interesting. You can dive down yeah. deep into a subject matter. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's something we should totally do oh. because there's been oh, some good to. stuff that I haven't well, watched he, yet. That here's so here's good. one for you, Zach. It's from 1975. This is uh, right on the heels of Orson Welles' 100th birthday. If he were still alive, he'd be 100 yep. years old this past week. Uh, they're also interestingly trying to complete one of his final films that he never. It's yeah. all shot. Yeah, it's a, not a Kickstarter campaign. It's an Indiegogo campaign, I believe. Mm-hmm. Um, but they're trying to finish the film. They're trying to edit it and get distribution and yeah, everything. Yeah, I just on heard it. that on uh, NPR today. Looks fascinating. It's got John Ford in it. It's got Peter Bradanovich in it, and a bunch of other people. Which, but which film? Uh, what is it called? Uh, something the wind. Something whispers in the yeah, wind. Whispers in the wind or something, or something like, like that. that. Yeah. Is uh, it the 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 Man of La Mancha thing? I don't no, remember. No, 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 I just no. think it's not that. He no. died while making it, mm-hmm. and they hadn't finished it yet, and they're trying to finally get through with some of his friends or something, mm-hmm. trying to finish it. So here's a movie that I want you to watch. It's called F for Fake from 1975. It is Orson Welles uh, doing a documentary. It's kind of a documentary. Someone pointed out uh, online not too long ago that they're like, oh, this is Orson Welles doing vlogging. Before nice. mm. the internet even came about, because it's very much him telling a story and then 
diverging off of a topic and then coming back around again. And it's all about how do people get lied to through uh, art forgery. So it kind of ties into Mm. art and craft a little bit. But it's really, really good. And I can't tell you anything more than that, Hmm. except that Orson Welles does a magnificent job in this thing. I was like, okay, as documentary, I'll sit and watch it for, you know, just a little bit. And before I know it, it's about an hour and a half long. The movie was over and I was like, I sat here for an hour and a half and I didn't even realize it was that long. Uh, It does move a little slow in places, but the three stories that are told are perfect. Yeah. And it really comes into this idea of who's getting whose eyes pulled over, you know, who's getting the wool pulled over whose eyes and what does it mean to tell a story and what does it mean to lie to people and where does that line cross and what is forgery, what is art forgery. And uh, they go and he interviews a guy. One of the main stories is a guy who's an art forger from the 70s who's very, very well known. And how does that play into it? But it's a really, really good good uh, movie. It's a Criterion Collection, so I know you'd uh, oh, appreciate sure. that, Zach. Is it Wilmer Ori? What's that? Wilmer Ori, the art thief or forger? Uh, I don't remember who it is in the... Uh, Something like that. Yeah, Kador is his name. No, no, that's you're right. You're right, Hori. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is Hori, yeah. yeah. Um, so it's it's really it's really kind of fascinating to to look yeah. at that. And yeah, we can do a whole thing on documentaries. Like I got a whole list. I, of I have one that, that I think you should watch, Zach. And I think you're going to say, "Why should I watch this?" Because I don't know anything about the subject matter. But it's one of those documentaries that can actually drag you into the subject matter. From 1998, Hitman Heart Wrestling with Shadows. It starts out as a documentary of the world heavyweight champion, and it gets you actually, you know, behind the scenes of wrestling and the craft and the show of it all, rather mm-hmm. than the the actual buying into it. But then it ends with something that is basically, uh, in wrestling terms, it's the equivalent of kind of your your massive, huge, terrible blow up moment. It's like uh, the Heaven's Gate scandal at United Artists. Uh, what's called the Montreal screw job where they think the heavyweight champion is quitting and he's like, look, I'll give up the belt. I'm not going to lose it in, in Canada. And then things happen and it gets really, really, really ugly. And these guys happen to be there to record it all. It's really, really fascinating. That's, I didn't know there was a movie about it. Cause I remember there was a radio lab did a yeah, yeah, episode lab. about yeah, yeah, that. Like, uh, I, yeah. I recognize the, the wrestling, like wrestling with shadows or something. Yeah, it was three a while or four ago. weeks ago. Yeah. And it uh, shows you what happens immediately afterwards. When Brett gets backstage and gets face to face with Mr. McMahon, oh uh-huh. my God! Yeah, it yeah, it's, it's a it's a rough story to watch, but man, it's powerful. The the Radio Lab is very very good. If mm-hmm. you guys haven't listened to that, so mm-hmm. all right, uh, anything else? I just got to say one more thing on Fifty Shades of Grey is that uh, one penis. We can't get one one penis sure. in there. I mean, even an unrated version. Are are, are you kidding me right now? That's the mo- that's the that's the premise of your book slash movie. Not even a penis. Yeah, I was disappointed. It was just it was so upsetting. Yeah, it's like what's the point, right? Yeah, it was just like I don't even know. It's just stupid, like rating bull crap, sure, sexual sure. like. Uh, it's just like I've been so disappointed. I was like, you have an opportunity to tell a better story, to cater something, to be better than other stuff, and you just squander opportunities. I mean, it's just like it's 50, so disappointing. Fifty Shades of Grey is just like such a magnificent counterexample, you know. Like people are like, anytime they're like, "Oh, the studio meddling—that's what ruined this movie." 
but it's like just look at Fifty Shades of Grey. They did everything exactly the way the author wanted, and it turned yeah. into Fifty Shades of Grey. Yeah. All right. But that's it. You, uh, I mean, if, if maybe if it helps set the mood for your nice evening, I suggest doing it. But God, it was just disappointing. Not as good as I was uh, hoping. Uh, the first trailer I saw about the film, like, oh, well, this seemed think of a redoing a Beyonce song, some nice editing, some stuff. I can I can get behind this. Oh, oh, I got one more thing. Can we talk about one one more sure, thing? Sure, sure. The Loft. Have you seen the trailers for The Loft? I don't know so what it is. The Loft is like uh James Marsden, right? Cyclops. Mm-hmm. Sure. Um and a bunch of other cool guys uh basically get this loft. Um <laughs> where they basically have can do whatever they want. They have sexy times and mm-hmm. stuff. And like um somebody like a girl is dead in it all of a sudden, right? And they're like, what are we gonna do? And I'm just watching this trailer and like one of them is like, what if our wives find out and stuff? And I'm just like, I am so interested in watching that movie to see if it could somehow possibly actually make these clear douchebags sympathetic <laughs> right it's like here's a bunch of rich white dudes who get an apartment so they can screw people who is not their wives and like how are we supposed to like relate to this and they're like this is life and death it's like yeah but it's the life and death of it like the huge jerk yeah yeah it stars uh, carl <laughs> urban james marsden wentworth miller yeah Eric, captain uh, cold stone and street judge dredder in this yeah yeah, yeah. Yeah, I have seen parts of that somewhere. Interesting. So you haven't seen it yet? I, just I, I don't think it's not. Oh, okay. I don't think it's out yet. Comes out, but I'm just like. Uh, released January 2015. You know, speaking of sexy movies, like I saw this and I'm like, who is this aimed at? <laughs> uh, okay, so uh, it must not be. Interestingly, it's got a 6.3 rating over at the IMDb. I don't know what it's got on the Rotten Tomatoes. But uh came out uh, January 30th, 2015. Budget of $14 million. Opening weekend, $2 million. Gross as of now, just under $6 million. So it's already out? <laughs> yeah. Wow. And apparently, not, and apparently not any good either. So what did I Tomato see says 13%. Oh, there you go. You got to watch that movie then. Oh, maybe like it was a small release and now DVD time maybe. Oh, maybe. Because yeah. I only saw the trailer because- um, Has it even made its budget back yet? It YouTube threw it at me oh, yeah. when I was watching something. Yeah. So maybe it is. Maybe it's out on DVD. Some, and maybe sometimes watching those really low number movies are- fascinating just for no other reason than seeing how bad it can be well then yeah. you i suggest watching 50 shades of gray because it is laugh out loud like what in the world are they doing right now because it is just the dialogue is just insane uh but uh uh what but it if you don't want to watch that watch the honest trailers for the shades of gray they nail yes. it it's so funny it's yep. so good uh uh so do that oh 50 shades of gray has a better rating than the loft wow it's got a 25 percent <laughs> rating at the uh, rotten to meat uh, tomato that- That means that one out of four people thought it was awesome. And those are the critics. The critics rating. The audience score is 44%. Wow. And so I hope you enjoyed that quick conversation. I want to know, have you watched Fifty Shades of Grey? Did you have the same problems with it I did? Did you enjoy the film? Did you did you like it? Uh, I know Aubrey said she thought it was okay. She thought the book was better, but, you know, I uh, thought the movie was decent. Uh, but I want to know what you guys think. It, like Steven said right at the end there, it does have like a 40% uh, 
positive rating Rotten Tomato. So while that's certainly rotten according to their scale, uh, a lot of movies came out last week that had or last year that had bigger budgets that had less than that. So you know, teach their own My- mileage may vary, as we say around here. So we talked after the recording about what we're gonna do, and uh, I think. What might end up happening is next week will be double episode Bonanza with uh, us releasing Mad Max potentially earlier in the week and then still getting an episode out on Friday because we really want to stick to this week. Uh, We don't want to really wait a whole week to get our thoughts on the recent releases out to you. Uh, We want you to enjoy those as soon as possible. So I think that's kind of where we landed. I'm going to watch it sometime, I don't know, maybe Sunday or or uh, maybe Monday, actually. Watch Mad Max, record on Tuesday. Maybe get that out Wednesday or Thursday. And then uh, should we be watching Poltergeist or Tomorrowland? I will probably watch Poltergeist because Steven has this fascination of me uh, just probably peeing myself in the theater, I think. And then that'll be out that Friday, and we'll just keep rolling along. I think we might then do i think there's a down week after that and then uh just there's so many movies i think entourage is the first weekend of june so that's something to look forward to if you've watched that show uh so i hope you guys are enjoying what we're doing this summer looking at the movies it's pretty much the exact opposite of what we did for two years on zach on film where we look at all the old films now we're looking at the films pretty much an hour after they come come out we are talking about them so I hope you guys are enjoying that. Hit me up with your thoughts. Well, I guess uh, with this way we're doing it, uh, our Mad Max, you guys can uh, get your thoughts in about that film. Heard really good things about it. Really excited to see it. You can get your thoughts in uh, there and have them read on the show. How can you do that, you ask? How can you get your thoughts read on the show? Well, I'll, I'll tell you. You could uh, if, you, if you could sum up your Mad Max experience 140 characters, you can shoot me a tweet. My Twitter is at ZWolfWolf with two O's, of course, you can send me an email for those longer thoughts at Zach at MitchPlores.com. Or uh, we'll put a official Mad Max thread up on uh, the Zach on Film subreddit. Reddit.com slash r slash Zach on Films. You can give your thoughts there. We can get some banter back and forth as well. And get your thoughts read on the show when that comes out. So that is it for this week. Next week, it should be crazy, crazy movie time with a couple episodes released. So I hope you're looking forward to that. But we'll see you next time on Zach on Film. podcast is copyright 2015 by Major Spoilers Entertainment, LLC.